Hello and welcome to this very contentious edition of the Get Your Film <laughs> Fix podcast. Uh, I am Jeremy Fisk, joined as always by Chapin Hemingway and Lee Carlo. Uh, today we are going to be... No, I, I almost put like a little thing in between your, your first and last name, but let's wait. Let's get there. All in due time. Um, today we're reviewing the uh, Baz Luhrmann film... Elvis, which you can all catch right now, streaming on HBO, if you would like. Alright, uh, usually we have a question for each other, uh, both of you, but today I'm just gonna ask, uh, Lee, specifically, because I feel <clears throat> like this will jumpstart us. Do you have any, um, I'm trying to bias towards biopics for any reason, and would this at all shape your viewing of a biopic for example like elvis i mean i have a issue with them but yes you do it's earned i mean why don't we talk about why you didn't originally want to watch this movie because because i trust i trusted your opinion right but just that biopics are all the same you you were to let's let's a little backstory you were the only one of us so getting getting through all our fixie uh, nominations and there's a like a boatload for especially me and Chapin to get through as as Lee's kind of gone through them all um so a lot of times Lee will say hey skip this not worth it or you know we have to watch it because it's getting a lot of award nominations and Elvis was one of those that um especially uh for um Austin Butler's performance we you know uh, should we watch it? Should we not? Lee was like, uh, skip it. Biopic, not great. So, um, or put it on the back burner. I put it on while painting because I had to paint the basement. So I was like one of those, like, oh, let's check it off the list. Um, so that's why, that's why I came into this a little bit skeptical. So <clears throat> I've said this so many times, but to, remind our listeners the reason I have issues with a lot of biopics is that in the writing or in the filmmaking, they choose to bite off more than they can chew. Um, They start at the very beginning and they end at the very end. And as a result, you end up learning very little about the person they are covering uh, because you're forced to just rush through significant parts of their life. And I just don't think that you're able to, hone in on anything truly interesting and then the performances they're they can be kind of exciting to watch but 
that type of acting doesn't impress me the way other type of acting does because it's a, simply an impersonation. And sometimes they're better than others. And I think, you know, again, it can be it can be something to sort of like marvel at and be impressed by how committed an actor or an actress was in doing that. But that is not the type of acting that wins fixies for me because I don't think that that is as impressive. They have a blueprint. They have something they but, can look okay. at and copy. Do you think? And, do you think that the impersonation part is sort of just part of what they have to do to get through the first level of it? That's sort of the baseline. And I mean, that it is, but I can't that think is of the a, performance. But I mean, I can't think of a performance off the top of my head that goes much further beyond the impersonation. Well, I would, I would say this one, but go on. I mean, that's what about, it. What, I mean, what about Joaquin Phoenix and Walk the Line? No, that's just him being Johnny Cash. I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much about Walk the Line. It's been since it came out since I've seen it, so I don't really have a very good recollection of the movie. But you know, Walk the Line and Ray came out, I think, the same year or one year after the other or something, and those movies were nearly identical. And then we were joking about this movie and Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man yeah. and like, you know, it, it's just, I think, you know, a filmmaker or an actor can bring something to it that they feel is unique, but in the end, they all end up being the same thing. Okay. So, um, uh, spoiler alert. I, I like this movie. I particularly liked, um, Austin Butler's performance in it. Lee uh, famously dislikes this movie, um, but and we can get into that debate right now. But um, the real question is, uh, what does Chapin think? We do not know that. Yeah, well, I well, I started it um, in December, and I just couldn't get through it. the The first like twenty minutes or so, I think that's where I w- had left off. Um, we're, they're just frenetic and a lot of, um, a lot of cuts, a lot of energy and, uh, that's a Baz just, Lerman. Yeah. Slurish. It was very, very Baz Lerman y. Um, and so when I heard that you liked it and, and remembering <laughs> how, how well I think how fun these podcasts are when we disagree a lot. Uh, and especially cause Lee's been on the uh, receiving end of it. I thought we could, you know, switch a little bit to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I thought it would be a great podcast. So I watched it again and I don't know that I've, my oh. opinion has been changed that much. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say, and I loved it. <laughs> no, no, I did not love it. Um, I, I have to agree with you about Austin Butler, though. I liked him. I, I think the mo- like in a weird way, the the movie gets in the way of his performance. You know, like yeah, like I would agree as, with that. as soon as you start to sort of like uh, feel for him or 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 get involved with his emotional journey, like they'll Baz decides to do some like CGI nightmare camera move from the Vegas Strip into his hotel room, or um, I mean. I, 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 it was it was so poignant in that sense that I, I was like, well, I wonder what this what his performance would be like with another director. Like, what if they what if they could just make another Elvis movie right now, uh, with Austin Butler again, but not directed by Baz Luhrmann? See, I gave Baz Luhrmann a little bit of credit here for trying to do something different than the formulaic 
uh, glossy biopic. At least he tried to bring his style to this. Yeah, and I don't think it hurt. I don't think it hurt the performance at all. And really, this the reason I enjoyed this movie. So, like, I agree with Lee on most of those points he he makes about biopics, but I don't inherently go into them wanting or thinking that they're necessarily just a bad going to be a bad movie based on their structure and you know how they present things to the audience i want i i kind of want to like them and again i went into this one thinking i'd dislike it um having recently watched uh you know bohemian rhapsody and i couldn't even get through the elton john one and i love elton john and all the others other ones we've mentioned um but there is something about the desperation and the love of his craft that Austin Butler brought to this performance that anchored me to his life story. And all the other sort of glitz and glamour surrounding it, um, whether you mm. liked or disliked uh, the direction um really he anchored it in a way where i i did feel for him and i did understand him and i i i had empathy in the end for his life and uh the journey that this this took me on now are there flaws of course and we'll get into those flaws like there's there's so many um including i would i would have the debate that I've never seen one movie with a worse performance in Tom Hanks and a great performance in Austin Butler in the same film. But the what Chapin's saying about Baz Luhrmann and his direction, I thought at least he tried something different than all these other directors who just sort of felt a little bit paint by number. Um, he he tried to bring his own. Sp- own spin on it and you you definitely noticed it being a Baz Luhrmann film so that's yeah. that's where I'm coming at it positively and and <clears throat> why I enjoyed it and 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 the music added to it as well like I I'm not like a Elvis fan but like I I really appreciated the music even though it was clearly all stolen all <laughs> none not that uh, this movie's shy about that it was all stolen stolen from african-american culture but like it, it well, was it, not only that the know. movies like that you can find it on youtube this the concert scenes are like shot for shot action for action blink for yeah. blink smile for yeah, smile yes cop, yes and no but you, they were the, shot of... in they they were shot in like old grainy black and white or very hard to see color back Watch in the, the day the the um unchained melody scene at the end he even like in this movie he draws like a grainy film stock look for it to match the the it original. Like but what's they, wrong they with that? Like... I mean, they're, so, they're trying look, I, to. I I liked what Lerman did here. There's almost like there's even at times there's like kind of a JFK vibe to it. I thought yeah, where it's like flashing to like that's crazy all this like like all these people that are trying to like bring Elvis down and all that and and I liked that, but that. That doesn't mean that he tried to get away from the formula of the biopic. Because I'm not going to disagree with your formula thing, Lee. I, the it is the formula, formula of a biopic. I, I and, don't disagree with that, but I don't think that's inherently bad, which you think is inherently bad. 
but it is in i mean let's just talk about this case like you guys liked the the pathos and the the you know struggle that austin butler's elvis went through here but like at what point are you given anything for him to care about because we just breeze through everything his family his wife everything is so quick he, he gets married and gets divorced in like a, a obviously the scenes are separate but like the, the sum total of minutes that we spend with him and his wife is like three in this movie so who i know cares but for some that that reason happened? for some reason the concentration not on his external sort of life but his musical life that they did here worked for me and the, at the and the emotion came from that. And I I don't I, know what this movie's about. I really don't. Like it, it's not about anything. I mean, it's about Baz Luhrmann's style, which is just what The Great Gatsby was about too. And I hated The Great Gatsby. Look, like the beginning. This movie is just like Luhrmann just will go for the biggest emotional impact. It feels like at any given moment. So when. There's a in the beginning of Elvis's career when he is not allowed to shake and do the moves and there's the threat of you know censorship the music swells as if you know the worst thing in the world has happened and then when you get to Priscilla leaving Elvis and the pills and all that the moments don't feel as important because but, we've but just culturally been, like he He's been like, he's been pulling our heartstrings from the beginning. And I, I know, like, but like, you have to look at it like culturally, that was a giant moment. So then, so then why put the Priscilla stuff in the movie? I guess that's my point. Why cover this stuff if that's not what is important to you in your movie? And like, that's why, you know, I say like, focus on one thing. And I come back to a movie like Steve Jobs, which is not anything like this in any way, really. But like, it just decides to focus on these like three, you know, presentations on three separate points in Steve Jobs' life. And because it's focusing in on one thing, we're able to learn about him and his daughter. We're able to learn about him and his assistant, him and, and Waz, and like all of these things that are important in the story that um, Danny Boy wants to tell are effective. And here, well, you're talking about Jeremy, like this movie wants to focus on like how important music was to Elvis. So that's what's emphasized. So why bother in this two hour and 40 minute movie to cram all this other stuff in that doesn't because matter? All the other stuff is, is culturally relevant and interesting. And I'm not justifying that as the reason to put it in, but I do find it interesting. And I think I that think was part is, of it, but not, not in this movie. Part though. of it for this me movie doesn't like, make it that way. I'm like, oh, really? Whoa, that's whoa, that happened. Oh, that was so like that was part of this this filmmaking or this film watching experience for me was the discovery of a lot of stuff that happened, and I don't think it's like I don't think it's necessarily that bad to be able to it, it to do a a sort of giant swath of culture like. You you mentioned JFK, like you love that movie. That is another one that's like a giant quilt of, of different times and eras and all this stuff that happened. Forrest Gump's another example. Like, I don't know why that movie works, but it really does. And they saw it's a tapestry of a lot of things. Well, Forrest Gump also taught Forrest Elvis Gump's to kind dance. of 
Forrest Gump's kind of like the the mo- the movie you can point to that if you want to blame blame any movie for a lot of these things, it's it because it worked in um in telling a individual story of one person over uh the tapestry of many pop cultural moments. And okay, I Robert Zemeckis is also a great director, and I don't know that Lerman is. Right. Well, I mean, no, I don't. Lerman, I think he's a bad director. I think he hurts this movie so badly. See, like, I, I think I think, I think his, his style. What he's doing is the only is, thing that got me through this viewing. Like, it's the really? only. It's a, yeah. It's I, the I only find thing that, that makes I found it the direction exciting. interesting, at least. But but it's it doesn't make it a good movie. It just makes it more watchable. That's what I'm saying. Is I mean, it makes it interesting in the sense that like, like oh, it's not just like a formulaic execution of a biopic but fuck like he just gets in the way of everything and all that like like everything is fucking green screened and cgi it's all fake this whole movie is fake and and, and it's deliberately fake like these he, he he does these like super distracting camera moves and tilts and rotates and these like you know this this these digital environments where we're zooming in on the what is it the the international hotel and like flying through things it's like why are you doing this man this isn't telling the story at all is I mean, it I know but is why it taking you it. back in time and giving you a, a <clears throat> no sort of... no not I me like... i mean it's t- it's taking me he's you know what he does he has that you know you could make a CGI, a, a realistic CGI uh, landscape of Las Vegas in the in the sixties, but he has his little Baz flares. It looks just like the stuff he did in Great Gatsby. It's it's glossy. It's sort of brightly colored, highly saturated, and it it like twinkles in a way, which I'm sure he thinks is magical. But for me, in a well, biopic about so well a real in- person. It all works so well in Moulin Rouge, and then he's just it, kept, keeps doing it. Like, and I haven't seen that movie in a long time either. But I think it I was think, I, felt new look, and innovative at the time. This isn't this isn't a musical. And look, there are I mean, there are some great scenes. Like for example, okay, my I'll just tell you my cinematic jerk off moment mo- scene was when Elvis is sort of like with his band in that new space, and they're um, at the International, and they like create a song right there, and he's like, "Bones, give me this," you know, and and do you remember you know that scene I'm talking about? Yeah, yep. It's a great scene, and 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 it's like as if like you know baz went and got another got his 15th cup of coffee for the day and they're like let's just make a decent <laughs> let's just shoot a scene for real for once and and he steps back a little bit and that that's an excellent scene but th- but like like he's such a superficial man this guy he just cares about the look of everything and i don't think he i don't think he had a point to this movie i don't think there was a thesis there wasn't any kind of um there wasn't anything like i left I felt like I left this movie knowing less about Elvis than I came in knowing. Oh, I disagree with that. 100%. I got, I, like, I got, I, 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 I felt got a, it was a, the tragedy aspect of Elvis. That's what this was. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save sort of my bombshell question for Jeremy until later in the pod because it's gonna open up a whole other discussion. But I, I gotta know, like, so <clears throat> I'll tell you my impression of Austin Butler in this movie. Wait, wait, before you do that, can I just comment on what Jeremy just said? I'm sorry, just to put a pin in this yeah. conversation. I, the most, to me, the most interesting part about Elvis is that he was this, like, strikingly beautiful man. 
and super talented. And then in a matter of like three or four years, he ballooned into this like slob who was addicted well, to pain never, pills. They don't go over that. No, why not? <laughs> I would they love don't. to see that. Yeah. Why didn't they? That's because the this movie's two hours and 40 minutes. There's not enough time to cover a whole person's life. How many times do I have to say this? Like, stop doing this. It doesn't work. Fine. That's that's fine. You But you could just cover his music. I, whatever. I mean, that, but like, uh, I felt like we were at the end. We were just getting to the interesting part. This guy's divorced. He's seeing his kids. He misses Priscilla. His kid, sorry, Mrs. Priscilla. You know, he's got this, he's got this, um, this addiction to these pills. And then it just, it, that's the most interesting part about if this you, guy. And then it goes one year later the, and we see the him, other question. we see it's him like, perform fat and sweaty, which is said Lee's point is an exact copy of what you can see on YouTube. And that's it. You can, you, you can make the same complaint about Raging Bull, which is clearly one of the best movies of all time. Like th- that movie basically tracks Jake LaMotta from the same time it tracks Elvis age-wise and turning into a big fat slob. But, but we, know, ha- we know why Jake LaMotta got there. We know what we know what we understand that character so well by the time it cuts to that shocking weight gain that you understand that and 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 you understand why he got there. You understand this this man and and all of his vices and what happened to him. All Lerman is doing in those last 20 minutes is just showing you, you know, how he got, you know, showing his addiction and, and, and a few scenes of, of, of that, of what his life was like. And it's so, it's so it's small. Montage-y, and, yeah. It's so small. I agree. And like I agree. But I think because of the performance, the- it's effective in the way that you feel for him. I, I don't I got, think it was executed that well, but I still stand by that by the end of it, I'm, I'm feeling for him and I'm understanding him. All right, Lee, I want to hear your bombshell question. Well, we got to, no, I got to save that. Um, <clears throat> for what? Because it's going to be a whole nother conversation. And so, but Austin Butler, like his, his, performance his impersonation whatever you want to call it here is in some ways a little bit more impressive than the average biopic performance but that is like fully accredited to the fact that elvis is just like the nature of him is performative and like the it's almost more like a leo and the revenant type of performance because he like goes so all out for it that you're impressed by it but there's nothing special about what he's doing here in terms of an I disagree. Actor. But like, I disagree. explain I to me what, give me a scene. A, like, a de- I think he's getting to a certain depth of it that I think a lot of these other, I think a lot of these other performances get lost in their um, impressions, like you said. I mean, he definitely, he's still talking like Elvis, so he definitely got lost. Well, I mean, that you got to take that out of it. You got to pretend <laughs> like, you, I mean, just from, from, the start of the movie to the end of the movie. Um, but I think, I think that's where it is. Like, I, I just, I, I understood, like, especially when he became the bigger, fatter Elvis and he just had to perform and he still gave it his all. Like, you, you, I but don't that, know. Are you talking about that last concert scene? 
that last concert scene is part of it. Yeah, that's exactly. Jeremy, you can watch the side by side. Like he's literally, I could do it. I could just memorize the moves that Elvis that's does. Not, it's more than he, just memorizing. He looks up the at moves. the same time. I even think they like CGI the exact beads of sweat who, on his why, face. Why are you so held? Like, because that's not a held up on it being the same. It's an impression. It's, it's not. not a if, I mean, but you, acting's in the face. I, I guess, but it's, it's but if you have a mirror in front of you, you can just make the face. Like it's the same thing. It's not. It's he's not. not creating anything. He's doing the same moves because those are what happened, but he's still emoting a certain thing that you're not getting from just watching the original. I guess. I, I just, there, I, I don't feel anything from his performance. It doesn't give me anything new. I don't learn anything about the character through his performance. And it's just, it's like, I don't know. I mean. All right. So you want another one? It's like when he, when he does that very, the very first performance scene. When he's sort of timid and nervous, and then he gets into it, and he just kind of goes crazy, like the the energy of that and everything. Well, that's what I mean. Like the performative nature of Elvis, I think, plays nicely in his in this acting job, because like you have to act that way. But that that's a very small credit to Austin Butler as an actor. Like, uh, okay, I mean, we're gonna disagree on that. I just I, I need a scene where you like you felt something from him like the emotion was there you learned something about his character like it can't just be like he did a good job singing Elvis songs like there needs to be something else there like what Hanks did what <laughs> yeah <laughs> right um I mean I think there I think there were moment uh, you're you basically just don't want something where he's performing you want something outside of the the performance i, I want him to create a character and like well bring i mean something I to the role he's talking like, talking to his I wife like, like about his... like after the war and he's talking to her about like being like the biggest movie star like all this all that sort of stuff okay so like, like yeah there's like genuine. one of the very few scenes there that's one of the very few scenes in the movie where it like stops for a second, like lets some dialogue play out. And I was like, it's hard to grasp those because it's, it's a cliche scene in these movies. Like the, the, your, your celebrity I mean, meets point, the Lee, girl of the street scene. But Jeremy, they uh, are, <laughs> they are all cliches. The mother gets upset and dies when he goes off to war. The father gets is like on the periphery helping uh helping with the business but doesn't have any spine. Like it's all in every one of these movies. They are clichés. I'm not making that up. I mean, at the same time this stuff happened. It's not like they're they're clichés that they pull. It's not like this didn't happen in Elvis's life. At a certain yeah, point, you still got to portray. You still got to portray the 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 facts of what happened. Well, not, no, I don't see. That's the thing. That's where I disagree. You like Lee says about biopics. Like you're not going to be able to tell a, a cohesive, substantive story about a person's entire life. So you've got to select what you talk about or not. And I'm sure reading the story of Elvis, there was plenty left out, and you could just avoid. The Richard Roxbury, the I I, dad I agree with that. But my and, my and like, point wasn't that you could cut it. My point is it might be cliche, but it happened. You could still cut it, right? But but like, 
but what is he doing? Like he wrote, what, what is he doing? Like he's, uh, he's th- throwing those elements in there. The weak dad. We, we know this, this Robert Patrick from, from walk the line. Look like, like, I don't care so much about that. I think I, the, the Austin Butler moments I love the most were his outbreaks. The, the, the scene, the concert scene when he is, um, explodes about Colonel, what's his name? And Colonel Parker, yeah. that it was a great scene. Mean. And I, and I didn't even, I had to like, walk, the Ridley was very, uh, she was just like fussing at night and I had to, I had to like sort of help her with something. And I could just hear it in the background and it was just, it was powerful just hearing it. And, um, you know, that relationship is is kind of what partially what defined, um, you know, Elvis's story a little bit. And if you, you know, you put someone like Tom Hanks in that position and it was part it was part of the story. But like, I really don't feel we dug very deep into that relationship. And I think part of it is the Hanks performance, but also you know, the way Lerman just directs it, he's just like, it's like, it's like, it's all id. It's all emotion. It's, you know, it's like, oh, cur- the colonel, so he's so greedy and can't wait to get his hands on all the money. And, 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 and there's no, like, I don't even know how to say it, but like, there's just, there's no, f- like, sort of, uh, there's no, like, sophisticated emotional exploration at all in this movie it's all just like waves of big emotions and and no no export exploration of this in 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 any sort of significant way that doesn't like work with this like baroque style that he uses here and 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 because of the the style like everything has to be that way the performances the 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 storytelling the script the like you know you you start with like a boring narrative in, in terms of this script and then you just like paint it on a canvas and like huge like with a giant paintbrush and and like the canvas is 25 feet tall and like there's there's just no there's nothing like it's there's no detail there that's that's interesting and worth exploring but I think his I again I think I go back to Austin Butler's performance as painting in the detail. I think he he does that in this movie. But you guys are also painting my review of this as all in, and we got to talk about Hanks. Uh, we got to talk about Hanks. But let me just say this: like, so you, you uh, it's like you guys just want to make it like Jeremy loved this. We didn't. Well, that's like how, it. that's what that's what happens when let's you're on the... do the pod. But yeah. I didn't love this movie. <laughs> I enjoyed this movie. So this is your favorite movie of the year, and it's. I just... like Austin Butler's performance. <laughs> I hated Tom Hanks' performance. I thought the direction was interesting, but bloated. Um, and we'll leave it at that. But let's talk about Tom Hanks. Like, this is Tom Hanks's performance in this is the is the most interesting performance of the year. Interesting casting, interesting performance. What is interesting he doing? Makeup. Like what? <laughs> I mean, so on a serious note, like I do think this is like a microcosm of, of, you know, an, a bigger issue when it comes to this type of movie is like their, their intent on being so authentic. Like they got to try to make sure like everything is so true 
that they're portraying on screen. Like, I was thinking about it. I was like, had Hanks just, like, been himself as this character? Oh, so much. It would be so like, much better. I think this whole movie is so much more interesting because suddenly, like, you can be interested in that character, but, like, you just cannot be interested You're in this so cartoon character. distracted by him. Every time he's on screen, it's just so distracting. I mean, th- and this is Tom Hanks that we're talking about? Like, yeah. I, have we yeah, seen I, the I last just... of good Tom Hanks? I mean, what do you think it was the direction? Do you think it was the makeup? Like, what the fuck? The, well, was the ma- he the thinking? makeup the makeup is terrible. But he um, clearly made a choice to do this. I mean, it might not have been a yeah, solo he, choice, but he did. But is he not a char- is he not, not a character cast... actor anymore? Well, when was he a? a uh... Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, in my opinion, his last good work was Captain Phillips in 2013. Um, Chapin, I know you like Bridge of Spies. Now, he is... I, I shouldn't take anything really away from him for that because he did good work in that. But, I mean, he's certainly, like... He's been slipping in his old age. It's definitely not the Hanks of the 90s anymore. Yeah, I mean, this is, like... I don't know if, if people listening have seen it or not, but this is a cartoonish, laughable, over-the-top, southern, fat performance southern he's not southern, southern. he's like he's danish he's stateless he's from <laughs> the netherlands uh, accented performance yeah. like with like just... a high pitch like what are you going to pay me it's like Re- all this like cartoon no, that, villain that like... wasn't lee talk that was actually a clip from the yeah, movie we've just inserted a clip because that's how over the top it was i don't know i don't know what he was doing like i <clears throat> I just, I don't know how you get through day one of dailies and say this worked. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what went on. I mean, he, I guess he, he did get COVID on this movie. Maybe it was a little, uh, a little foggy. Oh, this is the one he got COVID on when he was like, it, yeah, uh, patient zero. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was the first like celebrity to get, to get COVID. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I always wonder in especially working on movies and knowing how much we spend and how much how, how much preparation and and just the the manpower and insanity of scheduling everything that we could put everything else together and this was no small feat doing this movie this is a big budget movie with a lot of 85 million dollars and <clears throat> sit there film it look at those dailies and go we got it with that performance. <laughs> Hanks is going to win another Oscar. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, um, uh, something that kind of uh, performance that came to mind that's sort of the antithesis of this. And it's, I don't know that it's a great comparison, but I was just thinking about like how, why, why movies are so intent on, you know, having this character sound and look exactly like Colonel Tom Parker, who nobody until this movie knew what C- Colonel Tom Parker looked like. In in Moneyball, Jonah Hill plays Paul D. Podesta. His name is Pete Brand in the movie, and he looks nothing like him. He sounds nothing like him. And like Paul D. Podesta even like complained that like, oh, why is fat Jonah Hill playing me? I'm not fat and stuff. But like, it just did not matter at all. Right. And and he wasn't Jonah really Hill playing a, him either. Gives a good performance in that movie, and the movie works. And he's based on a real character. And like, it's just, 
it just is so unimportant for Colonel Tom Parker to be like this. So why go so far in that direction? Like, I want you guys, because I can't think of it off the top of my head, uh, to name me a, a movie in, in which this type of performance would work. Well, you loved the whale. <laughs> Who did? You Is did. Your favorite movie? No, no, none of us liked you, the whale. Well, you loved the performance. The... Oh, I did love that. No, I mean, like, where, where yeah, would like this, this performance like, work? Jar Jar I, the only thing character. I can think of where this might work is a, I think it's a 1980s movie that haunted my childhood called Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, where there was this, yeah, Chitty Chitty Bang, oh, 1968. I guess I watched it probably in the 80s. late I mean, 80s, um, 90s. Instead of going back that far, it's a lot easier to put put performances like this in, in it. But there but were like, there were very, like, there were very haunting sort of uh, highly made up actors that were over the top that as chi- a, a child were uh terrifying there's the thing i actually don't i think look i mean he decided to do it so you know it's tom it's hanks's fault on that but I, I i honestly think he did the absolute best he possibly could with what he was given which is like a, com- a com- completely miscast like what if if you were to say okay, I mean I don't know anything about Colonel Parker except what I've read on Wikipedia about his involvement with, but like if you said we need we need someone with that like fatherly energy, which they kind of talk about here, but he doesn't really have that. Like he's depicted in this movie as kind of like a shyster and like slippery and 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 like a snake. Yeah. And uh, I don't you know that that Hank's charm is not leveraged in any real significant way. So you say, well, then why cast Hanks? And you, that's where I would start. Like, that's the problem. You, you, he's not the, he's a, it's a miscasting. Okay. Then what? Um, then we're going to put him in this ridiculous fat suit. He's not, I'm looking at a picture of the guy right now. He's not that fat. They made him look fatter and it's not good makeup. It's it, the $85 million movie. Can't seem to match the $5 million whale or however much that movie cost. you know, yeah. like, the, Which has it, really good makeup and really good fat suit. Exactly. And then you give him this weird accent that he doesn't master. And at the end, of the, and, and, and bad, in my opinion, terrible direction and uh, probably, you know, not a very interesting script. And what do you get? I think Hanks does the very best he can with that. But that's, that, I mean, that's yes, probably that, right. Yeah. Tapin, you're probably right with all that. And <clears throat> Hanks gives a bad performance on top of it. I don't think so. I think it's actually there. Somehow he manages to emote out of there, but you can't get over those elements I just listed. Yeah. I don't know how you can, I don't know how you dig through all that to find it, but kudos to you if you can, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, um, all right, Lee, is it finally time for the Okay. Jeremy, I have to, I have to 38 minutes into our podcast. I don't know how Mm. you liked this movie and didn't like Babylon. Oh, because well, that's two different in, movies, but they're they are similar in the sense that they are directors' movies. They are, um, they are like big and loud and bright and long and 
cover a lot of different things and like i think it is they are like clearly visions in some way shape or form but somehow you responded to this but not to i mean i'll tell you i'll tell you and i'll tell you again uh expectation was a huge part of it i didn't expect to like this movie or even get to be honest get through it um to the story is more intriguing than babylon is I'm See, more, that's where I think it's I never, I, I didn't know that. much about Elvis and, and I thought, uh, the rise and fall of Elvis was, was more interesting than the rise and fall of Brad Pitt's character or any of Hollywood's whatever in Babylon. So uh, that intrigued me more. And, and I that's, guess that's it. The story. That's I it. Mean, if that's, but that's crazy to me. Cause like, I don't I mean, I mean, again, in, a I think vacu- like... in a vacuum, Babylon obviously is a, a better. It's a, it's a, it's a better done film. It's better directed. It's more. It has a lot more depth and is more interesting. But I think you know when when movies are made like that, they also sort of promote like promote themselves in a way that is at a higher tier than something like this, which is not quite looking for that degree of cinematic jerk off material. I mean, I'd love to see a movie about Elvis and honestly have Austin Butler play him that like, I don't know, pick a time, like pick like when Chapin was saying kind of that like end of his life. But you have to know the begin to get to that. You have to know the beginning of his life a bit. But you don't really you like do. it, and it doesn't always do. work. Like it doesn't always. I mean, there are movies that that do this that don't work, and there are movies that do it. I think right? like Spencer last year was just like, you know, a, a story about Princess Diana, and I think that was so good at capturing her anxieties and like, like cr- crushing weight on pressure on her by just covering three days in her life that he made up, and. That no, stuff I, works I so well. Like, we, do that with Elvis. I think that would be so interesting to see something like that from him. Like, <clears throat> you know, maybe it's like the t- the last few days, di- like the last week of his marriage or something with Priscilla. Like, that would be fascinating. And you, you can flash to like, back to things yeah, and okay. learn things. Like, you don't need to do the soup to nuts story I, and I try agree. to cram it and all I in. I think that I would that would be a better movie. I I agree with you. Um. And you also you'd get you get so much more from the performance if you can do that too because the actor has more on their shoulders to like to portray. Like, That's if you think about it, agree. Butler doesn't have a lot of responsibility here because everything that's ever happened to his character is in the script. So we don't have to learn about Elvis through him, and that takes away an opportunity for him that I you know honestly he probably would have pulled off. I don't learn how I don't to talk disa- and dance like Elvis. That's hard. I don't I mean, I disagree can, I with can that. Do that. Obviously. That all being said, I still found myself enjoying this movie and really found myself enjoying his performance and uh, enjoying the music. Honestly, I, just I did en- not struggle to get through the it music. the second time around for whatever reason. The first time I did, um, and I think like yeah, I mean the concert scenes are are definitely fun to watch, regardless of whether they're original or not um you know so i think there's some 
there's some very watchable things about this movie, which cannot be said about a movie like Bohemian Rhapsody, which was I did not finish. Yeah, me neither. That, <laughs> um, that the Elton John one couldn't even finish. Um. All right. Well, I try. I tried my best, guys. Well, that's all right. You did okay. Did we? Yeah, uh, I think. I think you guys are. I think you guys are giving like letting Basler off the hook here. So so much. I, I, I also just, like that. Jeremy. I mean, like, Chapin, I didn't like this movie. What am I letting him off the No, I know. For? I like that we're all three of us are disagreeing on different things. This is great. Yeah. It's a triangle of you don't, you don't like it because it's too formulaic. I don't like it because it's Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, I mean, I, I just when, guess... I, maybe the bright colors were... Yeah, you know, like <laughs> some studio executives like, God, you know, Elvis did dress like pretty flamboyantly at the end of his career. Who's flamboyant? <laughs> um, Baz Luhrmann, done. I, I do, I mean, I, I, I guess we should have thought of this ahead of time, and this may, you can cut this, Chapin, if we can't come up with anything, but um, can you guys off the top of your heads think of two performance, two performances that were so different in terms of quality in one movie? Yeah, Jeff Bridges and Maggie Gyllenhaal in Crazy Heart. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> Um, that's not as wide as this is I mean I just in terms of like watchability like you can watch whether you like whether I think it's a good performance or not like Austin Butler's works as Elvis whereas Hanks just doesn't work I think it might be like one of those uh, 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 Gran Torino is the first thing that came to mind where you had those like natural Thai actors acting again, like just like somebody off the street acting against one of the most seasoned actors of all time. He has a lot of Clint Eastwood movies. He doesn't. I'm not he doesn't. Sure what's so going on there. he gets. I mean, it's it's you know he does one take, so it's not surprising that he can't get better performances out of people who have never acted before. But that does happen a lot in his movies with kids and inexperienced actors. I feel like Keanu Reeves has to be an answer in there somewhere. I feel almost like Speed. Sandra Bullock was somewhere. He's good in Speed. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't. Is it, it's not like this though. Like, no, no, it's not. This is <laughs> this is wild. This is almost like an experiment gone wrong. Frankenstein. Yeah, no, that's what it is. It's. Oh, it's not Hex's fault. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for yeah. sticking with us, Chapin. <laughs> so <I'm> just... <laughs> Six o'clock there. And too much rain. Um, I mean, I guess we'd all probably want to have a drink or a meal with Elvis. That would be a, that would uh, be something. If we can, if we can, if there's any food left. <laughs> Do you think that's he just ate a lot? What well, else did he get fat? Uh, I don't know. Could have just been his natural natural body as he got older. I don't think so. You don't. Um, best acting moment and worst acting moment. We've covered that. We covered that pretty extensively. Jeremy's location corner, and this movie's completely CGI'd. Yeah, I mean, just anything. If they shot anything in Vegas, good for them. No, 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 no. It was all filmed in Australia. <laughs> there you go. Um, Chapin, you're up. What? What am I upset about? about? What am I grumpy yeah. about today? Um, I, you know, I wish I had done a better job eviscerating Elvis. I mean, you did a pretty good job. 
I mean, I feel like you, Chapin, you started like semi on my side a little bit. Like you weren't like totally just like, oh, fuck this film. But by the end of it, you were you were very much against. I think I think you convinced yourself through this podcast. Maybe, maybe. Um, Yeah. But oh, God. There was a, there was a a moment where I was watching and I was just like uh, I, you know I'm not having as hard a time with this like what do I do here do I do I just stick with my guns and just yeah you know or do I do I be like oh you know Jeremy you you were right and then like I thought about it more and I'm just like no this has all the same fucking problems that I I saw the first time but you were enjoying it a little bit more like I said I did, I don't know that I was enjoying it I just found it a. a a swifter two hours and 40 minutes this time around than I did the first yeah. time around, which the first time around I was like, um, I felt like I was an hour in and it was like at minute eight. That is always, that is always funny when you like rewatch something and you, you realize your opinion has changed and you have that internal battle where you're like, oh, do <laughs> I, I got to pick, pick a side here. <laughs> yeah. Who do I side with? Um, did we want to talk about After Sun or anything else we've been watching? Um, I'd love to touch on After Sun only because Is that not worth a podcast of its own? Did you see it, Chapin? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean we um, could do it for the next podcast if you guys want. I watched it twice. Yeah, I need to wa- I I'd kinda like to watch it again. I I did too. Um So it took it required it was the it was one of those. Required yeah, two. At least when they roll it again, it's not very long. Yeah, ninety-six minutes. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on my opinion if we're gonna do a pod on it. Obviously, I don't know. Do you guys think we have a an hour's worth of discussion on that movie? Yeah, maybe we find something else to do it with, but I don't think okay. it works here. Um, so maybe we find a way to talk about it. But um, all right, so let's save that. What else have you guys been watching? Um, I watched Emily the Criminal last night, which. Skip it if you're looking to get into. Oh, I think we've both seen it. We've all seen it now, yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking to our audience. Oh. oh. You know it's what? Okay. I actually, I actually didn't mind that movie. I thought it yeah. was an interesting look into how people fall into crime, and I thought there are two potentially fisky, fixy worthy, fisky worthy fisky. performances. Fisky. Yeah. You're fisky. Uh, I, yeah. I just, I didn't, I didn't quite believe it on her part and um i liked it I, enough i didn't you know I, was... the ending sort of threw me a bit so um i watched um the unbearable weight of massive talent yeah yeah i saw that it was fine yeah not great. very um I, I don't what is it like how would you describe this movie chapin like it's just like very standard all, it, like it's yeah like, it's like it, it has this this exciting premise of nicholas cage playing himself and being involved in this like you know kind of being entangled in this drug deal gone wrong or whatever it was and it's just not it doesn't live up to that excitement. Yeah, it's just not that exciting like yeah um there are some cool moments when he like talks to his younger self that are done that are sort of interesting but um <laughs> and there's yeah, there's just, some moments where he's a, very good and like you know, it's very it's very self aware of him. Like the, I mean, one of the funniest lines is when he he talk he uh, Pedro Pascal says talks to him about a movie, and he's just like, oh, that's yeah, that's one of that's a really underrated movie. What the hell? I want to look what it is, and I looked it up, and it has like a thirty five on Metacritic. 
it's just absolutely panned. Um, uh, Captain Corelli's mandolin. <laughs> right. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's uh, such an underrated movie. It has a 36 on Metacritic. <laughs> and I thought, like, that type of self-awareness was good throughout the movie, but it didn't, wasn't funny enough, wasn't enough action, wasn't exciting enough. Uh, it just sort of... Which is too bad. I like the concept of it, but. Uh, yeah, it was a good also, idea. Yeah, I also watched, I forgot, because I sort of blocked it out, I watched uh, Benediction. All right, Jeremy, like, right. we, we need, like, a 45-minute, breakdown and review of that movie starting now <laughs> oh my god that would be so basically if you i mean i'm not trying i'm not trying to knock poetry i'm not trying to knock anything like that but just like <sighs> oh i hate poetry it's hard it's it is i thought like okay this is a war movie um so, all right so it's it's the tagline is is legendary 20th century poet Siegfried Sassoon's lifelong quest for personal salvation through his experiences with family, war, his writing, and destructive relationships goes yeah. unresolved, never realizing it can only come from within. So Jack Jack Loden plays uh, Siegfried, who he's a he's a up and coming actor that I really like. Maybe I want to get him in my troupe next time. Uh, when we do that, we have to recast our troops, I think, soon. Yeah, now that Giamatti's doing Verizon commercials. Yeah, we got to start my thinking. Um, <laughs> you know, he was in... Um, He's in Dunkirk. Dunkirk and... and uh, Fighting with I, my family. and Yeah, he's a good, he's a good actor. Um, and I'm like... Oh, he was in the, the Small Act series. Who, he, was in, um, he was in Mangrove. He was the oh, lawyer was in he? Mangrove. Well, anyhow, he's the lead in this, so I'm like, finally he gets a lead, this will be good, but man, it is just a pretentious, like, it's it's like, it's, a, it's one of those English paintings, it's like, that, I don't know, two people are having tea, An English and painting? there's a lot going on in the painting, but nothing is interesting, and it's you know and he's gay of course and that's the big thing but like they just don't go really into any of that and then there's an older version of themselves that's just very angry just it's a skip it's it's really hard to <laughs> oh watch. it's, it's a skip i i put it as a not a priority which no, no, you know skip it's so i could hard end to, up accidentally watching hard to get through um the be- the most interesting stuff is like actual footage of World War One that they show. Well, yeah, and there's that Peter Jackson movie that does that a lot better. <clears throat> and that's it. Did you guys anything notice, else, guys? Uh, yeah, I got something. Did you guys notice that the screenplay is credited to Baz Luhrmann and Sam Bromwell, and Baz Luhrmann and Craig Pierce and Jeremy Donner? Why? Why is Baz Luhrmann listed twice <laughs> in the screenplay credits? He's That's like a great question. He's like, like, like they're he like Baz, you're a... the director. Of course, you'll get top billing. You're like, no, I want double billing. I want double it. But he's also he's credited with the story, but then he's also credited with twice in the writing. Like, yeah, we see you there, Baz. <laughs> we got it. This was your fault. <laughs> this was all your fault. I wonder. I, I'm curious what Baz Luhrmann's like to hang around with. Oh, he seems awful. 
know. I might watch. I might watch um, Moulin Rouge just to see what where it all began. I guess Romeo and Juliet was really where it started, and that's a good movie too. Yeah, I'm not, no, there's no, no, no. Maybe he's like Shyamalan in that way, where it just peaked early. Well, he like he like bursts onto the scene with like this very specific thing, and then like all his movies after that were bigger and worse examples of it <clears throat> trying to recreate it yeah all right well i think that's gonna wrap it up for this edition of the get your film fix podcast um keep listening we're gonna keep th- getting through these uh fixie nomination movies hopefully what was that lee 51 days 51 days we're gonna be uh doing the fixies in new orleans so i'm sure everyone's waiting to hear what we nominated from Elvis probably all of us nominated Tom Hanks I'm guessing and well, uh, apparently Chapin thought he was great no surprise <laughs> what are you going to pay me <laughs> but as long as a